I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. What's up, guys? Ryan Satin here. If you're like me, then I guarantee you've heard of BlueChew.com based on the plethora of wrestling podcasts that you listen to. But I am here to tell you that it's not all hype. If you're looking to last longer, if you're looking to go a few extra rounds, if you want to be the world heavyweight champion of your bedroom, then make sure you go to BlueChew.com. They've got the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they actually work faster than the pill does, twice as fast, which is, I mean, like, if you're looking to get going 
as quickly as possible, that is the best way to make it happen. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Uh, and this stuff is cheaper than all the others. So it's really a no-brainer. If you like sex, if you want to be a champion, if you want to impress your significant other, or just anyone that you're, uh, that you're maybe dating or, or hanging out with, go to BlueChew.com. Also, the best part is that you don't need to go to the doctor's office. You don't need to spend time waiting in line at the pharmacy because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. So go to BlueChew.com now and get started. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Welcome to Wrestling Sheet Radio. I'm your host, ProWrestlingSheet.com, Editor-in-Chief, Ryan Satin, here with my co-host, Jamie Iovine. Hi, guys. As well as my other co-host, Elijah Bates. That was, a, that was very expensive. I guess that there. was only for the camera, really. Yeah, so. anyone listening just heard a weird click like their audio is messed up. Um, well, it was actually me <laughs> that entire time. Good to know. Hello, gentlemen. Uh... Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a big weekend this weekend. Got a lot of pay-per-views going mm-hmm. on. We've got Final Battle tomorrow. We've got uh, this is TLC. going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a long weekend. Yeah. And I feel like most people have like their holiday parties this weekend, too, so you've mm-hmm. got to kind of like maneuver it in amongst holiday parties. Indeed. It's going to uh, be – it's a tough life. I think – so wait, you're going tomorrow – or sorry, you're going Saturday to Jamie's mm-hmm. party, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we're all going to be at one of your holiday parties this time. I yeah. Just, I was just thinking we all need to get a picture with Santa together. We do. Be, I mean, they'll be Santa and Mrs. Claus will be yes. there all day. Yes. Yes. Oh, are you guys having that like uh, slide again? Yes, oh. absolutely. We yes. should. We should do all was four that, of us going down the slide. Was that there last year when you went? Yeah, oh, the slide's my favorite it's part. Sl- it's a sledding slope. The sledding it's slope. Not a slide. It's yeah. A slide is a yellow plastic thing at 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 the at a um, playground. Playgrounds. Okay. Yeah. That children fall off of routinely on such counts as kids getting hurt. Yeah, it's a great one. Did mm-hmm. you ever get hurt falling off of like a thing? You know, like no, a one time I was on the monkey bars though. That one and, got me. Uh, and a bird pooped in my face while not I was doing like it. That. And I remember being so freaked out and not knowing what to do. I ran with my eyes closed back to my second grade classroom. Mrs. Randall was in there and I was like, help me! And then like a, week, a day or two later, this girl Gretchen fell off the monkey bars and broke her arm. Nah, I was trying to swing from one to the other. Took a back bump real hard. Yeah. Wind knocked out of me. You know, it was I, one of those when you can't, when you can't make a crying noise. Yeah. You're like, oh, 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 
Yep. Oh my god, I forgot to tell you this, Eli, and then we'll get to wrestling talk. I promise everyone. But you know how like you talk about that noise you used to make when you were a child, when when like something excited you a lot, like that. Yeah, like something along those lines. I was at my family's Hanukkah party uh, over the weekend, <laughs> and then we were playing that white elephant game. Uh-huh. And a little kid who I, uh, must be a family—I don't know who he was, like a random, random cousin or something—he uh, he opened, like he opened one of the gifts, and I couldn't see what it was, but he made that noise when he opened. He yeah. went like, <laughs> I can't even remember the noise that I do, but I do it still. Yeah. Like, you st- yeah, it's like when I talked about Hulk Hogan and the Rock wrestling. Or no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling. Yeah. Like that face you have. Stop. Stop but but uh, he, he made that noise, and then when I finally figured out what it was, it was because he opened a, a bag of makeup, and he was like, thought it was like all like only for girls, and he made like the funniest little noise. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a good moment. Okay. Progressive parents. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't keep it. He, no. It was a white elephant. Yeah. He, someone else took it, and then... I got left with a shitty gift at the mm. end of it. We had a white elephant at work today, and I got a big box of C's candy. That's, That's a, a good win. Gift. That's a win. That's I got a, I got sausage party on DVD. <laughs> That's somebody's trash. That's like clearly somebody brought something they didn't want. Like, like people desecrate the the white elephant all the time. You must buy a gift for white elephant. That should that's the biggest prereq. Like, and who watches DVDs anymore? We have the internet. We have like streaming things. And sausage party. I mean, I like sausage party, but random. Mm. Okay. Let's get into wrestling talk. <laughs> I think one of the things I saw, I see Jamie already looking at his phone over here. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think the biggest story I saw everyone talking about this week was uh, everyone was really mad at Jimmy Jacobs for talking about how wrestling is hard to write. Like, it's hard to write a three-hour television show. Um, and, I, and I found this whole conversation interesting because I think, like, a lot of people fall on different sides of this, you know? Yeah. Um, because I was even talking to someone here who, you know, he covers television. He was not agreeing with me. He was like, it's stupid for someone to, who writes television to say that. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who maybe didn't see it, uh, so, so Raw, anyone who's watching us knows Raw has been kind of rough lately. Um, although I thought this week's episode was better than the, it was better. the weeks prior. A little bit, but I mean. You still weren't. Still no, weren't but going. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's better than, better than what? Better than horrible? <laughs> like, I mean. Well, I didn't like, I, there were things I enjoyed this yeah. week. No, like, Although I, mean, I thought the whole Seth Rollins thing was, was weird. Like, it was weird to talk about how, like, the show sucks. Yeah, I don't like breaking the fourth wall. Just... And I'm sorry to recap Raw one more time, but I, I, I missed the, um, I guess because I was half watching, and I missed the whole reasoning behind Heath Slater pushing the ladder. I mean, I think it's more as we're supposed to assume that he, that he was spoken to beforehand and that, like, it was to save his job, basically. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what it's we're like kind of supposed to get big, from that? The big boss man. I think I, I did. The... I guess maybe that's why it didn't come across clear to me. Well, I think it was for the same reason that he I didn't. I was like, is I he assu- turning heel? I don't. I assumed it was for the same reason that he didn't disqualify uh, Lashley for the whole for beating up uh, Elias during the match. It was like we we're supposed to assume that he's been told yeah. that he has to be the heel referee. What now. if? What if this whole thing, if they do it right? Could do a solid solo face run for Heath Slater. I mean, we talked about it on, on the re- recap. I am totally for it. Like, I'm super for it. Roka, very against it. Thinks that it's like uh, a pipe dream that, like, nobody cares. Like, if done no correctly. S- like, how if, far do you think he could go? Well, they would have to really lay the heat on him. Yeah. They would really, I mean, more than they have. Heath Slater. <laughs> they would really have to make him, like,. Like, they really got to find a way to make people like, oh, my God, what are they doing to him? Like, that's terrible. He yeah. needs to get back at him. Yeah. That's and, the and, only way it works. And 
you know, I felt that way when he walked out. Like I, I was saying on the Raw recap, like you know, when when Heath Slater walked out, Eric and I both went like. Aw, poor Heath Slater, like when he first walked out. If they can give you to keep doing that enough. I mean, it's a solid start. You know, people, even though nobody was unfortunate, I mean, I'm, this isn't a knock on either Rhino or Heath Slater, but nobody was knocking down the door saying, we need more Heath Slater yeah. Rhino matches. Yeah. It, it, uh, and it's unfortunate, but they it's ran just a course. Yeah, they have. And uh, um, But people like them together. People like enjoy. They're, well, they're they're like one of those like I mean they were like a jobber tag team that people still love to see. You know, yes. like, I mean you think back to like some of the classics like the Bushwhackers. Even it's like nobody expected the Bushwhackers to win. No, but but taking Rhino away was a good start. Yeah, it was a good start and making him a referee. And which you know you couldn't you couldn't help but feel bad yeah. for any referee that's in the payroll. They're like. Ugh, you're a referee. <laughs> it's like, oh my, because they're treating it like it's like the worst thing you could be in the How company. Do you think Especially when there's been so many former wrestlers who have turned into referees <laughs> also, and, and, also, and lived happy lives. Do you think that the people who are referees are kind of like, come on. That's man. what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing? That's what I was just saying. Come I was like, on. you can't help but feel bad. They're like, uh, people probably watching yeah, this at like, catering. Like, come on. <laughs> my feelings. Like I thought I was an important member of the team, but all right. But. I, you know, with Heath Slater, I worry though that they're going to fall back too much. And I'm like, I got kids to feed. You know, like it's just like you get a certain point. It's like that's run its course too. Like you know, I got kids. I, I mean, you I, see I, I think it's funny, but like, that, that's very much what Roka was saying. Roka was saying that, like, you know, on, on the Raw recap, that he feels like. There's only so many times you can go to the well on that story. Well, that's why I feel bad for Heath Slater because he isn't given opportunity. Okay, fair. But I think this new, I think this angle is going to, if again, if done correctly, I think this angle could potentially give us a new taste on him. I mean, a new variation. He'll be, he'll, he'll still be Heath Slater. He'll still be that I, I got kids thing. But it may give him a different edge. It may. In a way that I don't know that he gets a little more of a of an aggression because you know he can only take so much. Yeah, of, and he's in control. Ultimately. And he's in control. And the Virgil and you could say, oh look, well they, they look what they did with Virgil and Ted DiBiase. Yeah. You know, like oh, there's only so much Virgil could take, and that went nowhere. Yeah. But difference is, he Slater could talk. He Slater got charisma. No offense to Virgil, no, but and he Slater couldn't talk on the microphone. He Slater's a vet. He's been around for over ten years now. Like I mean, I, I think it's over ten years at this point. Yep. Like he's he's been on the road long enough that I think that he's somebody who's he's paid his dues. I think he could get at least an intercontinental run yeah. out of it. At I, least I would almost prefer though that he didn't go a face route right away, and instead maybe went more of a heel route where he was just like, "Hey, I got kids, but I also want to make some money." Like something where he where his Focus shifted a little bit from just being like that one note. I got kids to being like a greedy, you know. I agree, SOB but or this isn't like the, this isn't the raw recap. Going back to what you were originally <laughs> just saying. No, no, no. I'm uh, I wanted to hear what you guys wanted to say about it. I'm interested, and I I do think that there's singles potential in Heath Slater. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily like a world title contender like they did with Jinder Mahal or with yeah. McIntyre. It'd be awesome if they just kept him a ref for like three months though, and you forgot that he was a ref, and you you just accepted it, and then something happened where it was like, like you maybe almost make him, him maybe make him have really unassuming hair like. <laughs> <laughs> Like just so just we forget that he's there. Down. Just have him like you know shave his head somewhere to like look like Arn Anderson or something Hell, like that. Dye his hair. I mean that red. You can't really hide that red hair. No. <laughs> okay, so yes, back to the other topic that we were talking about. So, now. Um, so what Jimmy Jacobs said. So basically, um, Raw had bad ratings this week. Yeah, uh, I'm not one to harp on the ratings. I feel like they're an antiquated system. Do you think that they were? I mean, even if they were a lower rating, do you think? 
Do you think people, the same people that tune in every week, t- tuned out as a result of last week? Not in the slightest bit. I would suggest that everybody who's watching now is everybody who is going to watch no matter what. Yeah. Um. I. I I'm. I'm kind of on the fence. I do think that you're right, that ratings are an antiquated system. That I haven't been said, you know, they're, they're still a numerical-based system, so you can rely on it to some extent. The rate, like, clearly there was a drop in, in viewership people who this week. In. But that haven't been said. It's like, it's, well, you uh, but, say but, cle- well, but you say clearly. Clearly, based off of the numbers, there was a drop in television ratings that are based Compared off. to the week before. I know that, but when you say that, like, I sometimes feel like everyone thinks that, like, if you personally don't watch Raw that week, that it factors into no, the rating. No, no, no. I, you know, I, like, I typically side with you on this argument yeah. too I'm just saying there probably were fewer viewers sure like, but I, yeah, I that's, we're not saying that sure. yes. but I also agree though that you know like I've long agreed that ratings as a single tracker is not an accurate way of depicting a popularity of a program in full yeah. anymore like so you can't necessarily look at it, just the standard television ratings because if you look especially at especially a show as successful as Monday and you compare it to like 15 or 20 years ago when television viewership in itself was a totally different thing. It's like, yeah, of course it's going to look like a dramatic drop-off of viewership. It is because people don't need to watch things live anymore. So why would they waste their time you know, watching it live when their time is like better used later on to watch it? Like you guys, you watch Raw Live, but you rarely watch I, Raw I, Live. I, the only things I ever truly watch live at this point are pay-per-views. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it because everything else, I'm just like, I don't let television dictate the, like, the path of my day. Or I mean, there will be days where I go. I mean, there will be weeks sometimes where I just won't watch it. I mean, um, I haven't watched full th- sat down through Raw the past two weeks or SmackDown because I just like, you know, the highlights on YouTube the next day are fairly yeah. e- they give you the pretty yeah. good gist of it. Yeah. Unless you want to see a bell to bell match, which I got to be honest, hasn't really happened to me lately. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm, that's not a knock to Raw because I you really should watch NXT this week if you feel that way. They had great matches on NXT this week. Like, I mean, really, they generally really do. But yeah, but like, oh, like I wouldn't say like takeover level because those are always really good. It was like a, a notch beneath takeover level matches where I was I was genuinely surprised. And, I, and you're right, yes, NXT does do it a lot. But I felt like this was like an exceptionally good week of NXT TV. And you know what? I mean, uh, the, these past few Raws, um, people. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, we've always we've heard enough podcasts, we've heard enough interviews that Vince loves people that come in and if they don't like something that he has written for them he's he he enjoys somebody that says okay what if we did this instead yeah. i think that applies to a lot of things you know vince is crazy vince has a lot of in, like weird nuances about yeah. him yeah. but there are kernels of genius in there oh, yeah and and there and uh, and with vince in terms of this i think that should apply to a lot of things you know because if you just say oh that's fucking stupid Okay, yeah, anybody can say that, and I think that I think that's what happened with this Jimmy Jacobs thing. Absolutely, and yeah, it's it's a really hard job. Granted, hundred percent, but but there needs to be. I mean, I think what the fan, I think the fans are. They saw. I th- there's two sides of the argument. A hundred percent. There's two sides of the argument. When Jimmy Jacobs said it, it I don't think this is what he meant. But I think it was. I think people kind of took it as, oh, okay, oh, because it's hard, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. well, because well, like you said, I think some people took it as two different ways. One, they took it as like him saying it's hard work, which is not what he was trying to say. Hard I don't work think that's and what saying he something meant. is hard is very different. Like yeah. yes. he's not saying that it's like uh, being at a construction site or I think, or, I think the know, job, hard I think, labor. I think when he meant hard, I think he meant it's hard for their original ideas to get out to what they wanted to be. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean. 
It's also hard. It is hard to write an entertaining and have a new idea every week. A year. I think that a lot of people, you know, like I, they look at jobs in the let's say in the entertainment industry as a really cushy affair. And yes. and I would never say that they're not. You're not lucky to work in entertainment or anything like that. I I feel lucky every day when I go to my job. That having been said, it's really hard work. It's excruciatingly difficult in defeating and just ultimately you do have a top brass person if you work in a creative role who will come down on your work and tell you your work is stupid. I mean when working at a place like TMZ, you heard a lot of negative feedback Never. and rarely positive feedback. Never. And, but, it, but the thing is, it's like that's not easy. That's not an no. easy thing to go through. Likewise, I think well, it's wrestling not easy fans- to have someone tell you that you're as a creative person and this might sound like ooh, whining, but like, as a creative person, it's not easy to have someone else – tell you that your creative idea isn't creative yeah. or like isn't funny or isn't entertaining. I think one of the things that uh, wrestling fans are most guilty of too is that they look at a ba- something that's stupid. And let's say that let's say the last couple weeks have been stupid. Let's yes. just be We can all be, agree the past few weeks have been terrible. That having said, I think a lot of times what they're not understanding is they're like, "Oh, but if I was booking the show, I'd have this idea and this idea and this idea." And like, I guarantee yeah, you, you may. And I guarantee you all those ideas that they have are called low-hanging fruit because all the low-hanging fruit has been picked already. The WWE, even though they fail at this all the time they are striving to grab not fruit that is not hanging low it's not you can't do the same story over and over and over again we talked about this the last couple weeks about like about Jeff Hardy and about reusing the sobriety angle or whatever and it's just like we've seen that already and that's because it's low hanging fruit it's easy to grab but an original Jeff Hardy story is much more difficult to ascertain and I think wrestling fans always whenever they see something that's bad just think like the writing on the show could be better it's like yeah it could but it's hard to write a show that's on three hours every single week non stop no breaks like that's and to do that with original ideas like that's nearly impossible and then you can't even i mean taking into account the whole censorship thing and the whole re-edits the constant 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 run sheets that like, dealing like the, with advertisers dealing with legal like the like the job of writing that show is a lot more difficult than anybody would give it credit for with, could, could even fathom with, in my opinion with, again, unless they've been there and it and it's not just a normal boss you have vince mcmahon for a boss and ultimately he's the guy that signs the checks so like like for example you know on such a small small smaller scale is like I wrote for championship wrestling from Hollywood for a summer and they would basically say like okay and without reveal you know pulling back the curtain too much I don't get in trouble but like they you know it was like here's the ma- he- here's the matches I want to have at the next special event you know who was my boss at the time yeah give me four shows with matches that help me build up to that with like actual meaningful story progression yeah. like yeah it was fun but it, that that's hard. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. And yeah, I get it. We all have played WWE 2K, or we've all played Total Extreme Warfare, or whatever Extreme Warfare Revenge, or whatever. We've all had good feuds that we enjoyed. But like, you really forget that. Like at the end of the day, like there are so many audiences that are being served when you're watching WWE television. Yeah. Like. Just in this room, the three of us like different things mm-hmm. and dislike different things. You know, so that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're going globally. Across all age ranges, like that shit, you're gonna make people angry. Yeah. And I'm not, and, and, I, and I, I feel like there's like a weird disconnect here because, like, yeah, I, like you should complain if you don't like the show. Sure. Like, it's okay to complain. Like, it makes sense to complain when the show's not good. And I just feel like Jimmy Jacobs wasn't necessarily making like excuses. Yeah. To me, it felt like he was trying to give you a perspective. A he little doesn't bit. even work there anymore. That like, was the other thing that fucking drove like, me crazy like, about this whole scenario. He has no reason to defend them. Is that is that, that, that the whole telephone? They thing? unceremoniously fired him. Yeah, and like the whole like 
uh, internet telephone thing was driving me crazy because like it went from former WWE creative Jimmy Jacobs giving like a little bit of insight to people to people being like, oh, WWE creative says that it's hard and they're making excuses for Raw being so shitty this week. He had nothing to do with writing no. Raw this week he or the last the, week or the week before it or months the dude, of Raw. The dude really has way more of an axe to grind with the WWE than any individual fan does in any way, shape, or form. Likewise, he got fired for doing something that was very friendly to the indie wrestling community, too. So it's just like, it just goes to show you, and I am a wrestling fan, and I am also fickle, and I'm not trying to quote Daniel Bryan and saying so, but the wrestling audience is super fickle and that they'll just take somebody who is like a hero to them or that was like really on their side, you know, and all of a sudden turn against him because he says something positive about an organization that they don't prefer? That's ridiculous. Why do you think, and maybe this is just because Twitter, because I'm on Twitter so much all the time, but like, I do feel like, I almost feel like there's, I'm trying to think the right way of word it, but it almost feels like people hate watch WWE now. Like they watch it to talk shit on it and I don't get, I don't think it's like, it's like Star Wars. The entire time the prequels were coming out, all the people did was talk trash about Star Wars. And truly, it's because they want it to be good. They want it to be as good as they remember it. But the way they remember it is even sugar-coated, too. And um, it's almost become part of the culture now. I know, and that bothers me. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's I, I go back to the, um, the, the, I forget what movie this is from, but... Um, Oh, it was it was, it was a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You know, like the world was given a, the, a gift of being able to express themselves, and unfortunately, they've they've chosen to just shit on each other yeah. throughout the, the entirety of it. What's and, that website called? Uh, uh, poop, 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 poop shoot or something? Yeah, movie, poop, movie, poop, movie shoot. poop shoot. There we go. <laughs> and uh, and and you know, I guess that comes with it. You know, we have a voice now, and it's things that we will be thinking. And saying in our own homes, I mean, these th- these thoughts aren't new. No, yeah. they're not. It's just now we have the. It's sort of a snowball effect. Whenever you post something, and this is just something. Whenever all of us, yeah. Whenever we post something, we feel good when somebody was like, "Yeah, like, retweet, yeah. agree." Yeah. You know, the internet has given us a way for us to be like, "This is stupid." Yeah. That yeah. was I hated that too, and that's a good feeling. Despite it, the fact, yeah, whether no, not, it does feel good to like be a part of it, like like a hate brigade like that when you're because you're on verified. Something stupid. Yeah, well, it's just yeah, you're well, backed up. Yeah, and I I because of that, like I I agree with you guys. I've, I finally gotten a little better at, at uh, understanding that, and that's why I, when unblocked, like everybody that yeah. that I had blocked, like, a thousand people unblocked, or that's awesome. something like that. Like I had so many people blocked. <laughs> I, you know what it was? It was really I got real petty when that Jericho thing happened, and it wasn't necessarily because a lot of people were tweeting like I never even said anything to this guy, and so I was like, let me see if this motherfucker said anything about me, and I would look, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I was like, man, they didn't say anything about me, and I realized that in my angry hole of emotions when when all that stuff was going on, Chris Jericho both times. When people were just liking bad tweets about me, I just went through and I just blocked all the people yeah. that were liking bad tweets about me, too. I mean, some of those things are funny. They were. Yeah. It made me laugh. Yeah. So, so whatever. Like, I've unblocked people. And yes, you're right. I've no, I finally realized that, like, it does help people to blow off some steam. Uh, you yeah, know. but you know, I feel like wrestling fans are super guilty of hating on things that they're not that don't have the expertise or the experience with or the understanding and knowledge of to actually truly hate. Or also, I, I feel like and, they and hate I'll, on things that aren't done yet. I feel like I see young wrestling fans. I mean, young that that they're like half my age. You know, like Quarter eighteen. Your age. 
Like, no, not quarter my age. I don't interact with people like that. But no, like, but I've seen people that even in, in like our Facebook group, for instance, who are like 18, 19, who are making comments about how Hulk Hogan was like this backstage menace and everything and like in WCW. And it's like, hey, yeah. you weren't even alive. And not only that, you reading about it and going back and watching it doesn't make you an expert on it. And actually, it invalidates your opinion. To be honest I, love, I love how angry Eli gets reading those because you know when Eli was 18 or 19, he was in message boards talking so much shit about, like, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers and no shit. Way. And saying, no, I, no, Buddy, I, no, Superstar Billy Graham. No, but you yeah, were talking. I, was, I didn't even know much about those guys at this point because I was, like, adamantly a WWF at loyalist. 18, at 18, you didn't know about Superstar it Billy Graham? It was, I knew of him. But, but, you know how but I didn't hated deep dive the, the history of professional wrestling until no, I didn't hate him until like I watched the Billy Graham documentary okay. that they made twenty years too soon, and then he's like coming out and apologizing for all the bad stuff he did, and the second they st- take him off payroll, he starts criticizing him again. It just went to show, just like I, I don't trust anything. Like that guy is a carnival barker if there ever was one. Yeah, um, I can't remember why. Oh no, but I just like I, so to some extent when I hear people complaining or when I hear people like hating on something, it's just like. Well, who are you and why are you hating on this? And do you have the right to actually have – do you have the knowledge and understanding of this to really truly hate on it in an intelligent way? I have gotten I, – I, I am trying to get better at not reacting to internet anger. And that is one of the things that I have done to help with it is like instead of replying right away, I'll go look at the person. I'm like, oh, kid, this is like a young person yeah. who like whatever. You know, they're like a faceless image on the internet. Like what the fuck do I care? Yeah. You know, I've got – I'm getting a little better at it. Oh, a little bit. I was hoping you'd be like, you've never even kissed a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also liked some of the tweets from former WWE writer Tom Castiello. He uh, he was chiming in after Jimmy Jacobs, and he he tweeted a bunch of stuff. But he had said, uh, "When I left soaps, other writers said wrestling should be a breeze. After this, I wrote an hour of scripted TV in three days, fifty weeks a year for twelve years. How tough could this be?" And then he said, I compare it to Newman's speech, read the post office on Seinfeld. Anyone can do it for a week and then another week and another, but keep going. Don't repeat matches too often or too much. Don't repeat finishes. Don't be predictable. Don't be too wrestling. Be new. Be innovative. 600 hours a year. Throw in 3 a.m. nights, dinner at gas stations, a senior level that can't agree on anything, an audience that desperately wants to hate you while they give you their money, zero credit. When <laughs> I love that. that. That was my favorite line of the whole part. Uh, zero credit when something manages to go right. Oh, Oh, and be a director, producer, stage manager, and therapist. But in spite of all that, we still did it every damn week because we had passion for it. Underneath all the bullshit, I may just be one of those soap writers, but Scoville has one of the greatest wrestling minds I've encountered. Listen to him. Wow. And, and yeah, like I, I think that's my problem is that like I've never been someone who thinks that like they can do someone's job. I shit it back. I, I have confidence myself. I don't think that there's someone... I don't instantly go, like, I know better than someone who's been doing something a long time. Yeah. So, like, I do ch- genuinely try to value the opinions of others, you know? And, like, you know, I know tons of TV writers. I don't think any TV writer would say that was an easy job. Like, no. They would all say it was difficult. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just that bothered me this week. I just felt like... And I, I, I always get the, like, oh, WWE shill type comments and stuff but I just thought that was like more of like a uh, with perspective of working in the TV I think the, industry the biggest flaw in anybody's argument this is the, and I, I keep coming back to this the biggest flaw in anybody's argument oh I could do this I could do this I could do this or I would do this or I would take this guy and do this guy sure you could have those ideas but time and time and time again and I've seen it I saw it with my own eyes that shit will get blocked chopped 
edited until it is like I mean you something could, different and completely different. Yeah, I mean yeah, you could have these great ideas for like you could come in and be like I'm gonna I, I, first thing I'm gonna do is one of the main writers I'm gonna push Ricochet to the fucking moon. You may want to yeah, and they may and the world may want you to. But at the end of the day, it's not your decision. It's yeah. not mine, yours, 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 anybody's. It is Vince McMahon's, and when he dies, who knows? But yeah. it's but at the end of the day, it's what he wants. Yeah, very true. Yeah, Bully Ray was talking about that on Jim Ross's podcast this week, and he was like, look, it, it's this billion-dollar company. It's on the stock market, whatever. It's still a mom-and-pop-run organization. <laughs> it like, is. It's a mom-and-pop business. You 100%. can't say it's not. The, the pop is firmly in charge. He was like – he's like, I, they were both, him and Jim Ross were both like – it's talking about how, like, yeah, we, we'll read reports on the internet like, oh, Vince McMahon wasn't at SmackDown this week. And they're like, you're crazy if you think that, like, just because Vince McMahon wasn't at SmackDown this week that, like, his fingerprints weren't all over yeah. the show. Like, yeah. Vince McMahon was the show. Like, you know, and that, which I think is kind of weird. I, that's why I do always get bothered when I hear, like, these big complaints about creative. Because, first of all, creative is running through every possible scenario. Like, they are working – they are – Looking into the future, they are coming up with different outcomes. Like, they are presenting different things to Vince. Like, yeah. it's not like the creative team isn't doing it. If, if, if the creative team were given a ch- like, just if Vince McMahon just went away one night. And they go. Were, just like, hey, do it all yourselves. It could. The shows would be very different. Very different. I guarantee they'd be, they'd be very entertaining. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's just, you know, I, I, get, I, I think it's weird. I also think it's weird when I saw so many people this, in the past few days tweeting me. About like, well, you know, the, the you know, you know what it would the, be like. The, it would be like if somebody was listening to an, uh, say, somebody loved, I don't know, Mariah Carey. Say somebody loved Mariah Carey, biggest Mariah Carey fan in the world, and an album came out that they didn't like. That would be like saying the, just the fucking engineer, that that yeah. asshole engineer. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's somebody who, I mean, by and large. It is a command. It is a command and execute business. Yeah. Yep. By absolutely. and large. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and I also, you know, one of the other arguments I saw this week where people were going like, "Well, you know, uh, in the '90s and the 2000s, they only had four hours of TV a week, and it was incredible. It was they had no problem making it entertaining." And I'm like. Are we just going to pretend? The world was different then. One, the world was different. And two, are we just going to pretend that like every episode of Nitro and every episode of Raw back in the day were all great? I say this because uh, I, I did this experiment a while ago. Remember yeah. this. Yeah. I did this experiment when they uploaded all the original Monday Night Raws and I went through the Attitude Era. And I even kind of did a live commentary with you guys I remember. It. It's like – what this is terrible. There's a lot of mess. Like, this is terrible. This I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great moments. Yeah. But if we had like I guarantee the internet if we had the internet back then, but we did, like, but no, it, the it, same like, level the same internet, yeah. with the level of communication, the level of instant tweet, I think we get a lot of this trash as well. You know, I mean everything well, looks great back then. I yeah. was heavily involved in message boards back then and we did. Like I remember we used to complain about it just as much then as well, we I do think, now. I think so much of what was even bad back then was just being done for the first time, so it came across as revolutionary, but then you go back and it's been done a ton of times since then and you're like, Well, this has actually been done way better since then. Yes. And this is way more sloppy. The the only thing that 
that the attitude has that you can't really compare with the day is spontaneity. It felt like a, it and, the did, and, and, and the talent and the talent. Well, the talent's great right now but, too. But though. talent aside, I think it's just. I'm, like, not, I'm not saying they're yeah. better. I'm saying that, but that's a big contributing factor I, to the attitude I think, era. I think the attitude area helped create a formula that exists today. I don't think it would be exist today if it wasn't for the attitude era. But again, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, it's stupid. Like when you hear a fart joke on Raw now, you're just like, that's so stupid. But when they happened the first time in 1997 or 1998, you were probably laughing. That's probably why you remember it so fondly when it's the same damn. Thing. Yeah, like we'll talk about like if farting you know, Natty Neidhart happened in the Attitude Era, she would have been over as hell. Oh yeah, and you know that if Drake Maverick had been pissing on people's robes, it would have been like, oh, remember when Drake Maverick was pissing yeah. on people's robes? Now they're like, oh, we're really gonna have piss humor on our show. Like, come <laughs> on, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Their sophistication level is all over the you place. You know, like we watched Al Snow eat his own dog, you know? Val Venus got his dick chopped off. Like, and I look at those with very fond uh, memory. Like, yeah. I look back on it with fond eyes. I don't look back on Midian fondly, though. I will say that. He was always my least favorite. Naked Midian or There's just Midian, Midian in general? When I was little, you know what was the thing, of, like a thought that often, the only, not often, only when he was on television, when Naked Midian was a thing... <laughs> Um, I guess I was trying to say like, cause he, he was naked except for the fanny pack. Yeah. And I knew obviously that he was wearing like a thong underneath it, but the way the fanny pack was positioned, I was like, are they like expecting us to think that he cut a hole in the back of the thing? <laughs> <laughs> and that it's in there? I mean, that, that would work. Right? It, it, that's what I, I mean. It that's, would work. Just the positioning of it was right in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, a wild hey, move. You tried to pull hey, that like at the beach hey, or something like that. I, I love that that was your thinking about it. I was like, <laughs> is this what this is supposed to be? So there's a hole in the back of the fanny pack, right? <laughs> <laughs> because why else was it there? See, but it, hey, because it, the way, because you know why I thought that? Because if it was just supposed to be covering it, like you'd see it, you'd see it when, because when he would run, you would just see black when it was going up and down. Yeah, and if you're supposed to think that he's <laughs> naked, then it's just inside the fanny pack. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really looking at this image. It, Google it. Uh, I am. Google it. And, I am, and I can see how you would have. <laughs> like, can I see like I can see how he would have thought. Oh yeah, for sure. That like Midian's dick was in the fanny pack. Oh yeah, and not only that, but it would actually be functional to zip it, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Fucking naked Midian, dude. That that was such a. The fact that he was a rendered character. (laughs) My favorite. Nintendo 64, uh, WWE 2000 is so wild to me. I always hated when I was in a Royal Rumble and like, like you'd get knocked out and then you'd be like, oh, I can't use my creative character anymore. I got to use whoever they're giving me. Yeah. And it would always be Midian. Always. Like, oh. It's always Midian. I'm like, he doesn't even have a special move. Or like Brian Christopher. Yeah. Or Gerald Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, movie topics here. Uh, I thought it was an interesting interview from Becky Lynch this week. She said something that I think that everybody is kind of wondering, is kind of on the same wavelength and that's whether or not uh, a potential match between her and Ronda Rousey will will headline WrestleMania this year, mm-hmm. uh, but but Becky really um, established the fact that like she doesn't want to just be quote unquote one of the main events like they like to do at WrestleMania. Yeah. She, she wants was, to close the show. She wants to close the show. She wants to be the last match to finish out WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey. Yeah, um, you know when she was on Ariel Helwani's show and she basically like he asked if it was her goal and she was like that that's. All I'm thinking about. It's all I can think about. It's all I want. I'm living it right now. It's what I wake up thinking about. It's what I go to bed thinking about. I had a vision board. I put it on my vision board. And she basically said, look, it, it shouldn't matter what our gender is. She was like, the, the final match at WrestleMania 
should be between the two most popular wrestlers in the company, the two people that the two people that you want to see wrestle against yeah. each other. Yeah, I agree with the that. most. And she was like, "That is Ronda Rousey and myself. Like that is what the fans want. That's what that's what everybody who watches WWE thinks should main event the show." Do you think that is the case? Um, I'm not. Um, I'm not saying Becky is wrong. In the saying that she, her and Ronda are the two most po- uh, popular people in the company. Yeah. I'm not saying she's wrong. I would be very curious to see that, those figures, yeah. merchandise, appearances, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, um, if well, her, Ronda is one of the top merch sellers. I'm saying, I'm going to say she's not the top, not top, most popular out of the, t- out of the whole company. What do you factor into most I popular? I'm not saying she's wrong. No, I'm, I just, I know, I'm not. I'm just discussing. What do you think factors into most popular? Um, a lot of things. Yeah, no. I'm, what, what are those things? You think? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, uh, merchandise sales, um, people who fucking line up at your appearances is a big one. Um, people who I, I, I'd say p- the crowd reactions is one. Um, I guess just the following. Yeah. I, th- I, I yeah. think people caring about your journey. Say is like one. social media following. Yeah, like the, and the, all um, social media metrics probably um, appearance well. for cross uh, 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 the, the the demand for crossover appearances. You know, it, the request for interviews and whatnot, which I'm sure Becky <clears throat> is getting a lot of, rightfully so. Yeah. It's just this – I think it's way, way, way too early in the story of Ronda and Becky for it to headline a WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean a lot has been done. A lot has been done. Don't get me wrong. But enough for us to kind of just – because they're not on the same show. In order for this to make sense, they would have to be – they would have to figure out a way to build an angle where the two women aren't even on the same show and have to defend the title each time – not against each other. Yeah, pretty simple. You should have one of them win the Rumble. Well, oh, oh, that's true. Then Ronda would have to be in the Rumble. Yeah, she or, or Becky. If she loses. Because Oscar, we were talking on the recap show. I think Oscar's going to win the title at TLC okay. to make way for the, to make way to somehow get to but my point Ronda is, uh, Becky. Be that as it may. My point is, is that a lot more would need to, and I'm not saying it w- could, it yeah. very well could, but yeah. a lot more would need to happen for it to have the caliber to headline a WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I feel the same on, way. Just on them almost having a match and then her getting injured, while great, great television, I need more. You feel the same way? I, I just feel like I need a month of Becky back in the ring. Um, I feel like it's difficult for somebody to talk about. Like, I, I like Becky a lot. Like I'm, And I, I, I say this because I feel like she needs it. Um, it, it. It's difficult for somebody just to talk about how big of a badass that they are without backing it up after a certain amount of time. And Becky's been backing it up up until she got injured and everything. She hasn't been able to get physical and I feel like that's a huge part of it. I mean if you Ra- really Ronda's think- a super physical human being. Like that's what she that's why they got her. And so it's just like for her to be able to kind of for that match to feel as credible, I like I said, I think I need a full month of Becky back in the ring backing up kind of her claims or at least getting richer and deeper diving deeper into that storyline before I can actually feel comfortable with it. That having said, I'd be stoked I'll be stuck Absolutely. when a match, Absolutely. Uh, that match or a similar and there, female match, it does close the show. And I'll be honest. There is a solid possibility that it could happen. Yeah. If they start immediately, considering that it's not that long until WrestleMania, you know, I mean. No, yeah. it's, it's getting – we're – I know we have this argument every year. We're getting close to the road to WrestleMania. Yep, it starts in January. Um, <laughs> it's a fact. It's a fucking fact, dog. I, I, I like. I'm I'm cool with interpretations. It's a fucking fact. It starts at the Royal Rumble. You don't know where the fuck you're going if you know in the Royal Rumble. It's true. You can't start on the road to WrestleMania until yeah. the Royal Rumble's over. I do think I that the road to WrestleMania is like a 
sweet hill when you're on a bike as a little kid. It doesn't start at Survivor Series. No, and you start rolling down that hill real fast whenever the Royal Rumble hits. And you just get going so fast. And then you get down to the bottom of WrestleMania happens. Then you got to climb that hill again. But it's just like... All right. We've gotten into this one before. I'm just saying, like, the buildup to the Royal Rumble does factor in to WrestleMania as well. Yeah. Isn't that... We've already had this conversation. I'm, I've already lost. Um, I'm not going to try this again because you guys beat me last time I, on Like, it. I... You know... The, the main... No! 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 I'm not... I'm not... I'm just just ta- I want to talk about Becky. <laughs> He's just tearing all the stuff off the walls. Um... No, I, I, and you know, like I, I really like Becky. I, I was super like that. That raw that close with her was like one of the most badass images of Raw ever. And I gotta say, like the the match between Charlotte and Ronda at the last pay per view was probably my favorite match of that entire pay per view. Yes, killer. It, it was like so. Like I'm way into the idea of women headlining WrestleMania. Am I the only one that saw that that the beatdown uh, that Becky gave Charlotte with the kendo stick? A little less brutal than the one that Charlotte gave Ronda. Yeah, a little bit less, yeah. I mean, it was, the Charlotte Ronda one was pretty violent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, had I mean, go, they had to go full I guess, force it was on Charlotte. TV. Yeah, it was... I mean, I guess since it was on cable, they could get away with more viciousness on uh, the network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, I agree with kind of what you guys are saying, but I do think that it would be very easy to get there. Like, yeah, I, I don't absolutely. Think I'm not saying it's hard. I just need more of it. And I, because I, I don't think... In, at least in my opinion, I don't think there's anyone else now on the roster at this point. Not right because, now. <laughs> well, I, th- that could believably, not believably, I take it back, that that would be satisfying to go up against Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think that like because of what happened in Survivor Series, because of that We're going to get Nia Jax twice. We're going to get Nia twice, and then we're going to get the Rumble. There's only one other pay-per-view after that or whatever. So I, I feel like we can, we, we can get there, and I feel like she would be the best bet. Now... Here's my thing, though, is that, like, I do think that Ronda is... Okay, if Bro- it's between Ro- Brock and Ronda, right? For who closed the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's between two... Yes. Don't, don't you think Ronda's... Is Ronda a bigger draw? Nah, Brock's it's a bigger not, draw. It's not about a bigger draw in this case. Like, Brock is like, the bigger draw. Yeah. Like, Brock is... Brock's course. the bigger draw, yeah. Of course. But, like... You think, I, they, you think Brock sticks around until Mania? Yeah, I think he'll be there until Mania. I feel like Mania will be his last one. I feel like it's a big enough payday that it... He will, you know, like I mean, it's, it, you get. A, I'm sure he gets a, a substantial amount. He's getting paid money to train for UFC. You know, like he's just, you know, like, and I think isn't it like his? He, he can finally his suspension like it will be lifted after January or something like that. I, I think I read or something along those lines. So, so I mean, it makes sense that he would be there until after WrestleMania. He was supposed to end at this WrestleMania, yeah. and like he stuck so around because they needed him. Yeah, so many. Re- it's crazy to see. Like if you really put it in sequence, like the chain of events that like led to them just okay, we need you for one more. You know, it's it's wild, totally wild. Okay, <laughs> <Cha-ching>. <laughs> how much more money? Cool. <laughs> um, so I don't think that Ron. Like I, I do think draw, Brock is the bigger draw, but Ronda is a huge draw. And having Ronda in the main event of WrestleMania, like it will be a big, huge story that they will be able to a, no, a sell the pay per view on, and b sell the legacy of the pay per view forever after because of it. Without a doubt. What do you think they'll be able to do it better on? Ronda versus Becky, or this rumored. Seth Rollins versus Brock. What do you think? Is like because you said that well, you, from, from what you just said, they're selling it. For you know the future. what's going to be a sleeper in terms of ticket sales, and um, and I think it will happen is Batista and Triple H. If that if that can happen, I think it's going to happen. I mean, I hope. I have a feeling it might happen too. I got a good feeling. Why? Because Triple H hasn't been doing anything else but rehabbing this yeah. show. Yeah. He has been sitting at home. He hasn't been on TV. And Dave's been real quiet. 
He's yeah. been real quiet. Like he, you know, like he just seems like he's been real quiet. It feels that, like it's gonna since happen. that SmackDown appearance. Like he, like he was like talking a lot of shit about WWE for a while. Like yeah, because of their connections to Trump. Like he was saying a lot of WWE stuff, and then he had that one appearance, and like he hasn't really said shit since. Yeah, so I, I, I have. I have that same hunch that we're gonna get it because they. They really need it. They need it. Yeah, for this and I mean, if they get Batista, you know, who now... I mean, back when he came back first, I mean, he was just cutting his teeth in Hollywood. Yeah, he, I think he'd filmed Guardians. He had just filmed Dra- yeah. Guardians, yeah. And, um, and But now we're, everybody loves him. They know he's like this dog lover that does so much for charity, and yeah. he's beloved as Drax. He's in the biggest movie franchise in the world. Yeah. This is the Batista that people want and will support now. And, and Triple H will be... The best. I'm looking forward to it because we get to see a triple a Batista welcome back, which is what I was looking forward to his original return. Yeah, and we're also going to get Triple H just being a dickhead, which is what he's yeah, great at. You're right. You know, you're right. And like how it's like Hollywood doesn't matter. You're yeah. nothing here in the ring. Yeah, and they'll probably reference all the times they booed him when he did come back. Yeah, you know, and I think it'll be a fun, fun, fun one. I agree with bring, you. And all in just all the tabloids will write about it. Of course, yeah. All the publications will. Those three matches. Okay, so let's say those are the three WrestleMania matches that we can look f- towards. Mm-hmm. Batista versus Triple H, Ronda Rousey versus Becky. Brock and Brock Seth. And Seth. Which one should close the show? Ronda. Ronda. Yeah. Um, I don't – like I think that, it, it, again, they'll just be able to sell the legacy of that closing the show for forever after that. Yes. Brock, Brock versus Seth, definitely not. Um, Even though it plays off of like – We've seen it already. I I just True. I, I not at, I not at WrestleMania. But you're right. I don't think Seth Rollins is a big enough star. What if, and I, we were kind of talking about this on the Raw recap because to me it feels like they're going to try and do a Hogan Warrior thing. They're going to try and do Seth being like the Intercontinental Champion, like tough champion who's like on the rise to be the guy. But there's a one person stopping him, yeah. Brock Lesnar, and they're going to do Intercontinental I, Champion I, I, versus the Universal I, I, Champion. The story, we haven't done that. The yet. story would have to unfold. Just like right now, it's hard for me not just to see. Seth just at a different level than Brock Lesnar. Because to me, like, granted, Seth is a great worker, one yeah. of the, probably in the top of his game as he's ever been right now. But you, I need more than I'm a hard worker. Yeah, the workhorse thing. Yeah, I'm not. Well, you know, like, I, I need great, a lot. You're at every show. There, cool. There's you're, like, that's your job. You know, there's yeah. the occasional main eventers where it's just it's hard to put them at that same level. You take somebody like Kevin Owens. You take somebody like Dean Ambrose. They're really high up there, and if the if the if Brock isn't there, they're probably like the top guy. But when he is there, it's almost like this sub high level between the highest and like medium. Or Until something like Seth that. figures out a way to say more than I'm extremely in shape and I can put on great matches, that's what's going to stop him from being the guy. Yeah, yeah. That's the last it's piece funny, he's like, missing. A lot of that. I'm a workhorse type attitude. It's like it really hasn't served many people beyond the Intercontinental title even to this day. It only works if you're facing Brock Lesnar. Yeah. If you're not facing Brock Lesnar, why are you bringing this up? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, no, the, yeah, it's very, it's so I mean, they, 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 there's a great story they can tell, and I hope they tell it well because I'd love for that match to get me excited. At the present time, I'll watch it, and I'll be stoked and, about it. But it's I, not getting more excited than seeing Brock fight Dean Ambrose. I mean, that's your answer. I mean, that was just your answer right there in terms of which should close the match. Yes, Brock and Seth will put on a great match. Brock will bump like crazy because we know when Brock needs to, he can fucking fly around that yeah. ring. It's just that there's not as much meat on the bone as there is with Becky and and uh, yeah. Ronda. Yeah, I found it interesting. I was listening to just to kind of play off of what you guys were talking about there. I was listening, when I was listening to Bully Ray 
on JR's podcast this week, he was saying that, you know, in his opinion, he doesn't think that Vince McMahon will ever allow someone to become as famous as John Cena again, like that John or, or The Rock or Stone Cold or something like that. Like that if he has his, you know, that if, if, it's, if we're up to him, nobody will get to that yeah. level because then they have leverage over him once they get to that level. And he doesn't like allowing people to have that kind of leverage over <laughs> I mean, him. Look at Brock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he basically, which I thought was funny because so, he, he literally said that he was backstage with Vince once and that he, he didn't say when, but it, it sounded as if it was sometime in this recent run. And that Vince told him, it's and not Vince told bully. Vince told bully. It's not often that somebody in this industry has leverage over me, mm-hmm. but if they do, and they don't utilize it, then shame on them. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's crazy. That well, means, you know, like, and and look how he's gone back to the well with those people who do have leverage totally. over him, and he's been willing to work with them. Hogan, The Rock, even Austin. You know, Austin, like, I mean, that, the, the, they said Austin walked out and came right back. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like it, it, I I get that, and I I don't. I get that I'm saying that, and I, I'm sure Vince even has said something like that, but I don't think he meant it because you need somebody like a superstar to come along every now and then that yeah. you can base the rest of the business around. Without Steve Austin, like The Rock wouldn't have become as famous as he is, and like all the Attitude Era probably wouldn't have happened the same way it did. It's like you need those people to, to reach like the stratosphere and anchor everybody else around them. I could see Vince being like so petty near the end of his like, and, and, and granted, that he like doesn't want one more of those the to business deal with. Has has changed enough to where there's enough streams of revenue coming in that they don't need somebody like that. Like, That's I, basically sure, what Bully Ray was saying. Yeah. Like I'm sure in every time, every time, so like Roman has gets sick or somebody gets injured or some Saudi prince wants Brock Lesnar at their <laughs> next event, I guarantee that Vince does not go to those meetings and be like, I, I guarantee you that he does. I'm sorry, I guarantee you that he does go to these meetings and be like, we have to call Brock, don't? Oh we? yeah, hundred. <laughs> Like, like, like I thought we were. I thought his control over because Brock is the only person in the company right now. I could say that back when Cena was still an active member, I could say he could do it too. But Brock is the only person that could tell Vince, I, I'm, "No, yeah, I'm not doing that." Take her too. Take her too. I feel like Taker's one of the ones where it's like a similar. He's like, "Wow, we gotta call Undertaker, don't we? We have to have Undertaker yeah. do this Raw 1000, don't we? It's not gonna make any sense. We like come out and like say when Roman nonsensical, but we gotta do it. Like when Roman got sick and had to go away for leukemia, I guarantee you he did not enjoy calling Brock and be like, "We need you to come back. We need you to do a run in." We like no uh, way. No, there's no way because <laughs> then Brock knows because hey, he knows that Brock knows was like, "All right." How much you got? <laughs> yeah, totally, you know? totally. I love the idea of them like going back and forth backstage and finally be like, ah, "We got to call Brock, don't we?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea of just succumbing to defeat. As as, and you know, there's times where Triple H is like, "I'm not doing it this time." Like, you got to do it. I bet you there were so many times back in like the late Attitude Era before Hogan came back where they were like, oh, "What about Hogan?" I bet you they said what about Hogan so many times before he actually came back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, speaking of people, uh, big names coming back, I think uh, – I thought it was interesting. So John Cena, he's coming back later this month. Uh, it was kind of like you know, they made a big deal about it. John Cena is going to be at all these house shows. But I thought it was interesting that you know he did an interview this weekend and he said that when he comes back, that he's not coming back to WWE TV. He's only coming back for a string of house shows that he had – uh, one month off that he said so that he's got like one month in between movies, you know, promoting right now he's promoting the Transformers movie Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, I had one month off, one month off and like I could have had free time, but I wanted to come work with like, 
you know, my family. I want yeah. to come work with people who I trust, you know, who, who, I, who give me creative energy, you know. Um, and I thought that was interesting that, like, you know, Cena's coming back to me for, for house shows. Like, it yeah. seems I, th- I think weird. it's interesting because if it's – if. If Cena's as good of a guy as I think he is, and I don't know him, so I have no way of verifying this, but it seems like it's a great veteran thing to do because if he's back on TV, it's taking attention away from somebody else who should be getting that TV spot right now. And this is a great way to get ticket sales up in the house show market. And it's and and that's what it's and this is the whole thing he's come back for. He's, these kids are going to be able to see John Cena in the ring again. I think it's less something that he did out of the kindness of his heart, even though he says that here. And more, and this is just me. This is pure speculation on my part. But mm-hmm. th- but to me, it seems like we literally were just talking about how Vince sometimes. Is, what about Hogan? You know, yeah. it, is that you know they've got a show at Madison Square Garden coming up, and there's no Roman Reigns, there's no Braun Strowman. Uh, is Brock on that? Is that is Brock's that? not on the card. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like Vince was like, "Shit, we like, need John. We need John. <laughs> Can you guys call John C. Dable?" And John's like, "Man, I'm in between two movies." Like, He's like, "I need a break. I need a little break." He's like, "Please, we I just need got you. back from Please. China. Yeah, I just got back from China for six months, where I was talking on some weird social media app in Chinese. In Chinese, give me a break, for God's sakes. I, wonder, I don't even remember this language anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what his involvement on those shows is, like how active." Like his time you, in the ring is. You know he's. You think it's making tag matches? You think? Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. Well, the only. I mean, yes. The the. the I think we're going to see what we saw of, at Super Showdown, yeah, or not at Super Showdown. Well, uh, at the at was that Super Showdown? No, Super yeah, Showdown. Super Showdown was last yeah. time we saw him. And, and largely, you know, one of the things he's kind of talked about in a lot of these interviews he's been doing to promote Bumblebee, where he's been talking about how like he feels bad about calling out The Rock, where he said yeah. like, "Look at, I, you know, I was, I was." Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I wasn't smart to the naive. business. Naive to the business. I was naive to how the movie industry works. Um, didn't realize that, like, you're not going to be cast on something if they think that you're a Busy. liability. And po- no, going to get injured. If yes. you're going to get injured, that, like, they're not going to want to put you in a movie. So, like, the insurance is going to be bad. They, they, they can't get insurance. Yep. All that kind of stuff. Um, and he's like, so I naively said all those things, not realizing that the rock star was in the industry. He just physically wasn't allowed to do it because of stuff that he was trying to do to advance his own career. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, you would think that if he's, if he's got a movie in a month, that he he's not going to be not doing saying a lot of house shows. Like, I'm not saying that he's just going to be the guest on some talk show or something like that, but I do think that it, it would be ridiculous to think that he's going to be having like a twenty minute match or something. like and that. And I got to be honest with you. If he does, good uh, props. Like that's that's incredible. I got to be honest with you. I've been seeing a lot of Cena lately in his interviews and stuff, doing press runs and stuff like that. He's different. Yeah, I think he's enjoying life after wrestling. I think he, he is. is. He is. He is. He's really. I think he's. You can I, tell while watching him in these interviews. You've I, nailed it right there. Yeah, I think. I. I mean, I watched it when I was. I mean. It came off in the Matthew McConaughey interview. It came off on, um, uh, uh, but his most recent appear- appearance on uh, Fallon. You know, he's just he's real. I think he's checked out. I think he's like I okay, think so. yeah, for sure. And hey, did it for fucking sixteen no, years. He was, he was the top dude, and he was treated like crap <laughs> the whole time. Like, like I, still, I, the still crap upon. It's like hey, you know? I, I could go outside and people don't tell me I suck. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> think, I mean, like just think about like. The, the travel that he has gone through in the, in the WWE, being the top guy in WWE, and then like you're walking on the movie sets, and look at movie acting isn't easy. We're gonna get back to the writing TV is hard discussion, but like he, you get pampered. You, he's getting pampered much more than he was ever pampered. He's not getting beat as up as a wrestler, yeah. you know. So I mean, obviously you're gonna enjoy that life. I more. mean, he's not like 
busting his nose horribly in the middle of a match and stuff like that and having to keep going. Like he's yeah, it, and having he, diarrhea underneath and, the ring. Hey, and and like, he's getting legit work. Like it's not like he's getting like he was doing commercials and he was doing stuff here and there and he's still getting commercials, but now he's getting like real commercials and he's getting like real movie roles. And, and, he's getting, like, and the thing is, um, is that he is the voice of an elephant in pistachio. That's what I mean. Like that's that commercial is very lucrative. He, Same for like the the Bud Light. I want to sit not Bud Light the. And that random car light. commercial. Car, they, that was what I was thinking But they, of. they play his theme song, but there's no reference to John Cena oh. at all. Yeah. Like, he's not in it. There's no WWE anything. Yeah. It's just literally the car, and it could be any song. It doesn't matter. And, but it's, for some reason, it's John Cena's theme song. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's very confusing. It's so weird. <laughs> and, and Sky Vodka is the other commercial I was thinking of. He had that weird Sky Vodka commercial. Oh, yeah. That's a fun I, one. Uh, you know, like, and, and John's, like, the difficulty is, like, now when you hear him say something about his love for the WWE, it's like, I believe that it was there and that I believe that he does love yeah, the WWE. But, absolutely. But you also hear the practice speaker in him whenever he says it, where, like, I don't find it 100% genuine. You know, like, I, when I hear him profess his love for WWE, I'm like, I do believe that you do love WWE, but I believe that you loved WWE and that you're starting to love other things. And thus, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's not, it's ringing a, a, a little bit hollow. Just like you said, I think he, I think he's enjoying like this next phase a lot. And hey, all the power to him if he is. Yeah, he deserves he's it. earned it. Absolutely. He I, deserves it. <laughs> all right, lastly, before we head out of here, I want to quickly talk about um, the. Tr- Tryout, and then I'll let you get out of here, Jamie. The tryout going on uh, at the WWE Performance Center right now. And the only reason I'm bringing this up because I know that you were so fired up today. Jamie was pumped about this topic, and not for Penelope Ford like most of you. I was hyped for Penelope Ford, too. I know, but that's not the real reason you were hyped. The real yes. reason you were hyped is because you're a Florabama Shore guy. Yes. And there was one of the cast members from Florabama Shore in attendance. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Homeschool. Uh, I'd like. Is, is that his nickname on the show? Yeah. Is that kind of like how the Miz used to call he, himself the Miz? homeschooled. So it's kind of like how Mike used to call himself. No, the he Miz. didn't call himself that. The, the cast members called him. Oh, him so it's not like a, a persona. No, like, that no, he's no, they, no. It's, they a, it's a derogatory him. term. I think. Yeah, they're like, "You're weird. You're from homeschool." <laughs> and and um, hey, he's got the. F- if you've seen the show, I haven't. So that's why I wanted he's to hear a from you. Big motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I saw the pictures. Dude's big. Dude's he's real got big. the look. He's handsome. He's like he's he's young. I thought I heard something that year. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he's handsome. He's young. He's got the look. I don't. I have no idea about his athletic ability, but I mean, he's got the look. Does he have a lot of charisma? Because I haven't watched the show, so I really don't know. <sighs> I never really got into Florida Shore. To be honest with you, none of them do. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're just a bunch. I mean, they're a bunch of pretty boys. You know, I mean, uh, it's. I think I, I'm not sure how he would do in a scripted environment. Yeah. But God, I mean, I got to think if Vince looks at him, he's like, "Holy shit, this guy's a he's a big hunk of meat." No, I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I it almost reminds me. It's it's similar to me of um, because the the guys from Jersey Shore who who got involved in wrestling. They never really like. They never looked physically imposing, and they never especially looked, next to the other wrestlers. Yeah, no. And the only person who ever like got adjacent to it was Angelina for some reason, where she actually was like, "Hey, I'm going to go to wrestling school," and like started doing training, not just like a celebrity appearance in TNA or Snooki <laughs> at WrestleMania. Uh, and she gave no, up so fast. What a dark WrestleMania that was. I know that was a bad one. But but this guy, when I was looking at him, does remind me more of that Joey Kovar guy who sadly passed away. But he was on Real World, and I followed him in wrestling 
very much because he was like a huge wrestling fan and started doing indies for a minute before he passed away and stuff. Um, I, you know, I like when MTV stars try to get into wrestling. Why like, not? It worked. You know, it worked like, once. Yeah. It, 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 it's twice, right? More than twice. Because a lot of those guys were MTV stars because of Tough Enough, like when it was on MTV. Yeah, but Miz that was, doesn't, I but don't Miz really was count like, that. I don't count before that. Before Tough Enough. You yeah, know, Miz on was MTV. on a completely other. Like he was on, like a felt like a like a totally different era almost. Of Have there been? I feel like there was another MTV star that that transitioned into wrestling. Recall. No. Maybe, I mean, there's that funny. Beat. I mean, there's that funny video. I mean, they're not even WWE people, but I love that um, dating video with Jimmy Havoc and uh, Marty Scurll. Oh yeah, I watched that on Twitter this it's week. It's a great one. Uh, yeah. No, but I, you know. Okay, so you think that this guy? You think there's a, he's got potential? I mean, in, aesthetically, yes. Aesthetically, one hundred percent. I don't know his wind. I don't know if he can tie his shoes, let alone take a bump. But yeah. I mean, he—I mean, he looks like that, you know. So I mean, but bigger. <laughs> but, and yeah, he, Jamie's pointing at a very ripped uh, Zach Zac Efron, Efron standy stand-up thing. But, but I, I mean, I, I, like I said, aesthetically, he's got the look. I, you know, one of the other ones there, like I said, Penelope Ford, and I think great uh, it would be a great get for them. Great. We actually, I think, I could have sworn it was the three of us when we were talking about after all in. We were talking about it how we said that we felt like there was a chance that Penelope would get signed before Joey Absolutely. in WWE. Absolutely. Um, and sure enough, you know, she, now she's at the tryout. Good for her. And I, I and I got to be honest. I mean, like I, I mean, I love. I mean, I've, I, I love Joey. I think what he does is dope. I think he's really kill, changing the indie world at, at large. I think, I think he's doing just as, uh, just if, uh, just as much in a different way. But you know how like um, they're doing it on a bigger scale. But the way the Bucks, Cody, Kenny are doing things differently their way. I think in a different sense, Joey's doing something yeah. uh, in, in the in the indie world more so, not so much in the just the world of wrestling in general. But you know, I just don't see unless he goes through some sort of huge physical transition. You know, Joey's not in terms of before Joey. I don't ever see Joey even coming across WWE's radar. Well, I gotta I mean, be honest. The whole, I mean, I. In terms of well, not I, because of his ability, but because of what he does, how he represents himself, and just like he's a deathmatch guy. Well, and, and and I don't know. Yes, I agree. I think more so. I'd say, kind of piggybacking off of that is more just like he. He seems like that's never been. That, he that doesn't, doesn't seem feel to want like to do that's it. his goal. You I, know, and, he has his his idols are all people who did some outside yes, of WWE. Yes. Um. So I yeah I, I agree with you in that sense. So I and I and I think that she would be you know Penelope would be a good addition to the roster. I Absolutely. Mean, um. You know she she was one of the standout performances at All In. I mean yes. like she she and I she, mean she stands out every time she's in featured in anything. You know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I and I, like I said this is not a knock against Joey. It's just that there are certain types of wrestlers that. The WWE want, and you know, I mean, like, I, I think that's the same reason why Sammy Callahan didn't work out. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, yep, absolutely. I, I think that one of the other interesting names on the list, and this will end on here, is uh, I like that uh, Bo Beverly's son is there, like one of the Beverly brothers. <laughs> I knew Eli would like that one. I don't like the Beverly. Brothers. I know, but I knew you <laughs> never did. You I knew them. you would like the fact that one of the Beverly brothers has a son who's. I remember. Wrestling. I literally remember watching the Beverly brothers come out. I believe it was at uh, one of the matches, uh, maybe Royal Rumble 1992 or SummerSlam 1991. I can't recall, but I remember watching them come out, and I remember asking my brother, "I was like, who the hell are these guys?" And both of us were just like, "These guys suck." <laughs> and we hated the Beverly Brothers after that. Uh, yeah, so 25-year-old Cal Bloom, son of former WWE superstar Wayne Bo Beverly Bloom. 
there's a bunch of those. Honestly, you should go to the website. There's like a ton. This was like a popping tryout. There was tons and tons of athletes and wrestlers and uh, people who were on TV, people who were on Broken School Challenge, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I recommend you guys go check it out. All right. Jamie's got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Everyone's got to get out of here. You got to stop listening. You got stuff to do. So, uh, Jamie, where are you going to find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at J A M I E I O V I N E or on Twitter at J A M I E underscore I O V I N E or every other two weeks at the Ch- at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood tapings with my champion Royce Isaacs, the Heritage Champion and the Television Champion. And if you have the network app, we have some interesting drops coming up this week. This week, well, t- uh, we just finished our Phase Clan one as we're recording. Those Phase Clan uh, gamer guys, if you're big into gaming, you know who they are. Um, we are being joined by A Life and Rich the Kid tomorrow. Rich the Kid is a very popular rapper. I'm telling you guys because you definitely don't know who he is. <laughs> um, now, this is for the listeners. This is for Eli and Ryan. Rich the Kid. <laughs> Rich the Kid is joining us. He's going to be performing, which is going nice. to be very oh, cool. exciting. And uh, then on December 17th, we have Mr. Wonderful, famous from Shark Tank. All He's right. going to be joining us and dropping a very fun shirt. that Rich we... the Shark. Yes. <laughs> I'm pumped for that one. Yeah, the, lo- the Mr. Wonderful one is going to – people are really hyped about that awesome. one. And he is very game, so we're going to have some fun. Yeah, I saw Nick got an advanced copy of the shirt. I was jealous. He did. We, did. we, have a, <laughs> so we do have an influencer. Uh, <laughs> round. Yeah, no, th- those shirts are cool, though. I'm looking forward to getting one of those. Uh, Eli, where can we find you at? Twitter at Elijah Bates, Instagram at Brindlebeard. You get off on that way too much now. Yeah, he enjoys it. <laughs> he enjoys it way too much now. Uh, all right, the website, ProWrestlingSheet.com. It's at Wrestling Sheet on all social media. YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. That's where we put up all the videos. The The podcast feed, it's on Podcast One. It's on iTunes. You search for Wrestling Sheet Radio. It's where you can find this show. It's where you can find all the Raw recaps, SmackDown recaps that we've been referring to, and all the other audio content that is available on ProWrestlingSheet.com. Okay, that's it. We're done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, stay out of the dirt. And keep your eye on the sheet. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 